Welcome to the Legislative Podcast, a place to learn about the latest insights and trends in property, technology, business building, and contract drafting. Today, I'm excited to have George Wade on the show, co-founder of Zavero, a software platform for companies to manage their carbon emissions and build a climate program to reach net zero. George, welcome to the show. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a bit more about your business? Yeah, sure. I feel like you did a pretty healthy introduction there as well, Charles. So thank you very much. But yeah, my name is George Wade. I'm co-founder of Zavero. And as you said, we ultimately help companies reduce their carbon emissions. Pretty satisfying job, pretty good fun. Ultimately taking the, the drudgery out of carbon accounting. Extremely interesting. It's extremely rewarding. I can imagine. And so how did you come up with the idea? What is the story behind the origin of the company? Yeah, sure. Great question. So originally I was working on projects to do with carbon emissions, the University of Exeter, helping them build their waste and circular economy strategy, and ultimately found that a lot of the questions were left unanswered by a lack of data and a lack of tools for businesses and institutions to actually calculate their emissions. And let's say you go, what happens if I do X? What happens to Y? And granted, that's a really difficult question, but I just found it really time consuming, really challenging and didn't really have the answers. So contacted a friend of mine, Ben, who's my co-founder and said, Hey, am I doing this wrong or is this the way it works? And he was a carbon consultant and he said, no, the system is just quite inefficient. Nothing talks to each other. There's data siloed in spreadsheets. I've been thinking about do, doing something about it. And then the kind of idea spiraled from there where we were like, hey, how can we actually just digitize the work that we're doing? I wouldn't say the industry, but that's quite a far-fetched thing to say right now. But ultimately, taking away a lot of the manual processes of carbon accounting, because ultimately, that means that companies and people and institutions can actually spend more time on reducing their emissions, which is needed very badly at the moment. Yeah, that, that's the story. That's how we came together. And over the last eight, nine months, we've been flat out, just trying to build something that has value to customers. Very exciting. And in those eight, nine months, what's been your favorite moment so far? Great question. It's a whole process of just learning. I feel like I've been thrown into the education of a lifetime. Previously worked in startups, so I had an idea of how chaotic it is and crazy. But when you're having to deal with every decision from, as we'll come on to it, from the, the legal documentation and setting up your company through to, okay, brilliant, you've signed your first client okay, but now you need a contract and you need everything else that goes with that. What does that look like? And how do you make sure that you look after customers whilst building your business? I think, to be honest, sounds quite cheesy, but like the process has probably been the best bit. Looking back, it's fantastic. Maybe in the moment it's chaotic and stressful and oftentimes can be a little bit miserable, but actually the amount of learning and the progress that you can do if you look backwards and I think that has been the most rewarding. Yeah, I can definitely relate to the chaotic early days, but it, it does get better. What would you wish you'd known before starting Zavero? Yeah, I guess that follows on from the last question, but a lot more. However, at the same time, I feel like I wish I knew more about what I didn't know, because then at least I prepared for not knowing that. So there are so many things that you don't know. And I think the fact that you just accept that you don't know something and then you're just willing to learn and to find out how to solve that problem is probably the bit when it starts getting interesting. Granted, if you've got other people that can solve the problems that you don't have an answer for, that's also a great point. But ultimately, I'd say just to accept the process a little bit better and understand that everything is 
quite a challenge and that everyone is going through that same process together. So don't feel too bad when you don't know how to do something. Call on experts if you can to actually help you, whether that's legal or whether that's design or anything. I think that's probably the bit that I wish I knew at the beginning. Yeah, I think uh, on the other hand, though, if you knew everything you didn't know, then maybe you wouldn't make that plunge of becoming an entrepreneur. It's, yeah, that's uh, a very sad point. Yeah, you, you probably be backed out if you... Effectively, you're the, the carbon accountant for companies. What's the plan for the next three, five years? What's the big vision? Great question. Ultimately, the big vision for the next 10 years is to help companies remove 10 million tons worth of carbon emissions from their supply chains. So in three to five years, hopefully that can be in, in the millions of tons helped reduced. But ultimately, it's about giving businesses a tool that actually means they can take climate action. I think that's ultimately our key goal. And everything links back to us being able to help companies both understand their impact and understand where to focus their resources, their time, and to really actually think, okay, we've got this. Here's our plan to take action. No longer a question of what happens now and how do we help tackle climate change from our business. I think that's the vision is if, if we're looking at it from a customer's perspective, that anyone that uses the Zavira platform has the knowledge and the tools to take climate action and they've kind of got a plan to reach net zero. If we can get to that point, hopefully sooner than three years, especially for kind of the customers that we have now, I think that's really the goal. And, and now you've already been you know, working with clients and starting to look at their data and, and help them account their carbon. Where do you see the biggest opportunities for carbon removal? in the supply chain or in the business generally? Yeah, sure. Great question. Again, I think it really depends. Ultimately, I'd say the biggest challenge right now is most companies uh, don't actually know what their carbon emissions are. So there's a, a figure that came out that only one in 10 companies know their environmental impact. And when you think about financial accounting, everybody knows whether they've got money in the bank or if they don't have money in the bank. And I think that that is the biggest challenge right now is actually just starting the process and for a business to take that plunge into wanting to understand their emissions. And then beyond that, the opportunities, I think, is around collaboration. So a lot of emissions are from supply chains. So we work with a lot of breweries and around 70, 80% of those emissions can come from supply chains. So being able to understand where those emissions come from, realize that actually perhaps this specific malt has higher emissions than another one then we can really start to see progress on a larger scale. It's not just turning light bulbs off and going, actually, we're going to put in LEDs and we're going to turn the heating off at four o'clock instead of five o'clock. Those are all needed, but they're not at this point almost going to save the world. So I think that the biggest opportunity is in collaboration, taking action in the first place and starting to measure your emissions. And then just from there, when you get an insight, you can start to uncover where your emissions are from and our customers get quite excited. I think they start to go, wow, I would have thought that would be so much higher. We spent all our time focusing on getting rid of plastic in our bins, but actually we're using however many tons of emissions in electricity. I think that's when people have data and when they have insight into what is key, that is the interesting part for me. I guess optimization without data is just guessing at the end of the day and, and what you're helping is give that visibility so that you know what you're optimizing and, and where you can improve really and as a co-founder working with you know a team and early customers what are the, the key contracts that you interact with the most yeah sure so for the most part 
our contracts and employment contracts as we've been able to grow the team over the last few months. That was a big deal. Also things like advisor agreements, NDAs also came increasingly a thing at the beginning as we're talking to potential clients or investors. So that was quite a key point. But I think it's those day-to-day things where you just want to get it done and out of the way quite quickly. So those employment contracts, the NDAs, et cetera, where there's still quite a bit of friction. Hopefully over the next few months, we'll be dealing more with client agreements and, and contracts with clients. But yeah, definitely so far has been around those admin based contracts that have been a sticking point. And with those admin contracts, you mentioned there was some friction. What were the the key objections or or key areas where there might have been delays? Key areas is not knowing how to structure those documents. And I'll just give one anecdotal example, which is we as co-founders had to have a agreement with the company as employees. And this was to do with our kind of share options and how long we have to be with the company before we leave, which makes a lot of sense. But there was a clause in there that as directors of the companies, there was no termination date. And that meant that essentially we had to pass a board resolution to be able to approve that contract. And it was those small things where you don't know the circumstances in which to frame your legal documents. It can become a huge thing. A huge problem where you go, actually, if we didn't know that, we would have to do things very differently. Whereas if you've got a company you know, like yourself at Legislate, where you can frame something and you can explain the, the documentation and the reason why you choose this, then it just means that you don't have to go, but are we doing this correct or not? I think that those small bits are the key issues. Yeah, I remember as a solo founder doing an employment contract with myself effectively, it was very bizarre, but, um, but perfectly legal and, and what we were supposed to do. But I, I can imagine if you don't have any legal support, it, it can seem a bit confusing or uncertain, especially when it's your business at stake effectively. And if you're using templates that you download online, it's not necessarily applicable to you or it might be a US yeah. etc. Yeah, when you're downloading a template online, you don't know where it's come from. You don't know if it's applicable to your jurisdiction. You don't know why a certain clause was inserted or removed and effectively with Legislate, we tailor custom contracts every single time you need to create one. And we can do this through our technology, but ultimately by asking you the questions which matter in plain English to configure one of those agreements. Yeah, we don't like templates and ultimately no one should ever really have to use templates. And so with that friction, you've now overcome it. Do you use some form of solicitor or how have you structured yourself to progress in the future on the legal side? Yeah, so we do have a solicitor, but as you can imagine, it's solicitor fees. We try and avoid legal documentation from solicitors where possible. And then we use you know online tools like Seed Legals as a really useful way to have everything in one place, but also as we expand on that, we'll need other options. But yeah, those are the ways that we do it at the moment. And then we, as a scrappy startup, like yourself, Charles, as you mentioned before, we also have some friends that are trained lawyers that we've been able to pull in to help out on small documentation to make sure that it's correct. So combination of online tools with the strict parameters, but also falling in favors rather than paying the fees. So that's the trick, I think. Yeah, I think as a startup founder, try and get as much as you can for free. I'm conscious that we've already taken a lot of your time. So I'm going to ask you the closing question we ask all our guests. If you're being sent a contract to sign today, what would impress you? Great question. What would impress me most, it depends on what the contract is, but as we're in the middle of kind of raising 
money and speaking to investors, what would impress me is if it was a term sheet and it said, here is a certain amount of money for a certain amount of your business. So that is right now would be the thing that would impress me most. Scrap everything else, whether I have to print it out and sign it, as long as it says, here is X amount of money for X amount of percentage of your company. Great. I'm, I'm sure that will come sooner rather than later. Yeah, hopefully. Perfect. Thank you very much, George, for being on the show and, and sharing your insight about Zavira and best of luck with the term sheets. And hopefully we'll have you on the show again.